Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Will Mock Green, and I'm the owner of the legendary music venue, the Georgia Theater. Are you here? Well, of course you're here. Where else would you be? Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. Today we've got an interview from the archives with Wilmot Green, who owned famed music venue the Georgia Theater in Athens, Georgia, from 2004 to about 2014. A fire burned the Georgia Theater in June of 2009, and after this there was an effort to rebuild the venue. And rebuild they did. Now, that story is one of the focuses of this interview, recorded in Wilmot Green's Athens House. These days, Wilmot is, well, wherever you may find him. From the looks of things, everything's going A-OK for Will, and we're happy for him. Hey, do you know you can make us happy, too? Help the Paul Leslie Hour by going on Facebook and liking us. You can also subscribe to Paul's YouTube channel, Ring that bell. It's a great way to stay plugged in with content like this. And it's free. Will you go on there and like and subscribe? I know you will. Let's hear what Will McGreen said. What do you say? Ladies and gentlemen, we're joined here in the home of Mr. Wilmot Green. He is the owner of the legendary Georgia music venue, the Georgia Theater. I believe this is the first time I've ever interviewed a music venue owner, but it's a great pleasure to do this. Thank you. It's good to be here. I appreciate you interviewing me. Who is Wilmot Green? <laughs> well, I used to be a musician. I played guitar for a long time. I like to brag that I didn't have a job until I was in my 30s, <laughs> which is partially true. I mean, I had a lot of part-time jobs that I got fired from because I was playing music the whole time and that wasn't conducive to keeping jobs. You know, you'd always get that choice of show up to work or play this gig. And I always chose the latter. <laughs> I've been fired from a lot of jobs. But I always promised myself I would quit playing music when I turned 30. So I did. I kept my promise to myself and got like a real corporate job and whatnot. That didn't last very long. So I missed the music scene. And I figured the best way to get back into it was was to be an owner. So I bought the George Theater which was always my favorite music venue. Cause I went to college in Athens, and I went to grad school in Athens, and I'd lived in Athens ever since the day I graduated from high school. So the George Theater was a real special place to me. So I had an investor, and we had an opportunity to to make something happen, and I knew the old owners really well and talked them into selling it to me. How did you end up in Athens? The day I graduated from high school, literally the day, you know, I was a punk high school kid or whatever, you know, in a band and thought I was really cool. And so I told my parents, I'm going to, you know, I'm leaving home. And next time you see me, it'll be like on the movie screen. I'm going to be famous and left the house and came to Athens basically as a pit stop before I left to go to L.A. and be famous. <laughs> and here we are, like 21 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> What's kept you? Because I remember when you emailed me, you said that you'd been here for 21 years and that you loved this place. What about Athens? You know, I, I was talking to some friends from New York one time. The way I explained Athens was I said Athens is like 10 blocks of the lower east side of Manhattan plopped in the middle of a cow pasture. <laughs> and I, I really I really believe that. It's like 
nowhere else that I know of could you get this much culture and this much music and this variety of beautiful people. You know, everyone here is attractive and everyone here is cool and has this, you know, likes music and support and goes out and sees bands. And you, know, you can go see a great band any night in Athens, in this tiny little town in the middle of North Georgia. You know, I'm, I'm a small town guy, but I like big town art and culture, you know, and so uh, this is the only place that I know of where you can get that combination of things. Why do you think Athens has attracted so many great musicians and bands? Because think about all the bands that have come out of here. You know, R.E.M., probably the most famous one, but there have been so many, and so many of them have played at the Georgia Theater. Why do you think that is? That's a real good question. You know, people have asked me that for years, and and I've wondered it myself for years. And I think every town kind of has its cool thing. I lived in Charlotte for a while, and everybody was a banker. And then you go to Key West, and everybody's a fisherman. In Athens, everybody's a musician. Literally, like, everyone I know is in a band or two or three. It's just what you do when you live in Athens. I think that that kind of feeds on itself. You go out at night, and you're sitting around having a beer with your buddies, and it's a, almost like a contest to see who can be the most creative and who can write the coolest songs. And so that has just fed and fed and fed, and it's just made Athens this uber-hip little town. I think it's great. Well, as a music fan, I have to ask you about who have been your favorite acts that have ever played the Georgia Theater. There's probably too many to list in this broadcast, but just tell us a few. I would have to start back to when I was a fan before, you know, before I became the owner. I saw hundreds of shows at the theater before I bought it. You know, that's why I bought it because I loved it, not because I thought it was a good business opportunity or whatnot. You know, it was just, I was thinking about buying the Zaxby's actually. <laughs> really? Yeah, the George Theater is way cooler than a Zaxby's, that's for sure. Although I stink equally as bad when I come home at night. Let's see, favorite bands. Well, I was there the night it opened on October 1st, 1989, the first show there. And the band was Pylon, who was like this old classic Athens weird pop band. Like R.E.M. kind of got their shtick from Pylon. Pylon was like the first kind of artsy, cool Athens band after B-52s, I guess. They were one of the really first ones. And then when I was in college, I was a huge widespread Panic fan. And they were just getting famous when I was in college. And they were playing every Halloween at the theater and they played four or five times a year at the theater. And so I saw a whole bunch of those shows. They were great. One of the, my all time favorite shows at the George theater was the aquarium rescue unit. Now, you know, O'Teal plays in the almond brothers and Jimmy Herring plays in widespread panic now. And, you know, all those guys went on to, to do crazy things and, and other huge bands. God, those, those shows they used to put on were really incredible. And then country, you know, country wise, there's been some really incredible country shows like Luke Bryan and Corey Smith and Zach Brown and Colt Ford and Brantley Gilbert. And all those guys kind of consider the George Theater their home, which makes me feel really proud, of course. And I talked to Luke Bryan this morning. And he said he's working on a song called the George Theater Marquee, which is really cool. Kind of like on the cover of the Rolling Stone, you know, talking about yeah. when he was a kid, he always wanted to see his name on that marquee and that kind of thing. You know, I really am not sure why the George Theater has that thing about it, other than I guess it's been there for 20 years, and it just, every year, that history just kind of builds on itself. I don't think there's ever been a time that I've come and visited Athens where I haven't at least looked at the marquee. And I've seen so many pictures of artists 
with their name out on the marquee, and they're, they have both of their hands up in the air, and the look on their face is, I've made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really cool that, that I go up on that ladder. You know, I used to, every day, climb up on the ladder and hang those letters on that marquee. You know, and after a while, it just gets to be, a, you know, a pain. It was a pain in my butt to get up on that ladder and put the letters up. But then that night, you'd like, like you say, you'd see the artist taking their picture in front of it and be like, well, I guess that wasn't that much of a pain after all. You know, it's pretty cool to put those letters up there. Our special guest is Wilmot Green, the owner of the legendary Georgia Theater. I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about the building itself. Sure, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. It's neat. I, I knew a good bit about the history, you know, just from being around. But then after the fire, you know, we've looked into it further, and our architects have looked into it, and the city has come forward with stuff, and people have sent us stuff in the mail. It's really amazing that it was built in the early 1890s, and it was built as the first YMCA, certainly the first YMCA in Athens, and we think that it might have been one of the first YMCAs in the South at all. It didn't look anything like it looks today. If you go to our website, georgetheater.com, you can see some old pictures. We have these old historic pictures. It was like this Romanesque arched building. It was crazy. There's pictures with like horses and carriages out front and stuff. Really wild. So it was YMCA for a while, and then it went back and forth. It was a Masonic temple for a while. It was a Sears for a while. All the stuff around the turn of the century. Like the UGA basketball team played basketball there from like... 1899 to 1913 or something crazy like that, you know? And then in the 30s, it was an old building. You know, it was 40, 50 years old, which is crazy to think that it was an old building in the 30s. So then it was gutted and turned into a movie theater. And then it went to the Art Deco look where, like it looks now, the, those Art Deco lines. Before that, it was all these arches. And, and so you never could see that stuff. But now you can, since it's been gutted on the inside, you can see in the brickwork all those old arches and doorways. It's really bizarre. But it was turned into a movie theater in the 30s, and then it pretty much hasn't changed since then. It really, it's extremely similar. It's been called the George Theater since the 30s. It was called the Draft House. It was called the Craft and Draft for a while, but the marquee still said George Theater. So it's the marquee said George Theater for a long time. Hey, be quiet. That's my dog, Muddy. We are in Athens, the home of the dogs. <laughs> so then in 1978 or 79, these guys bought it and turned it into a music venue. That was the first time they that live music was performed there. They had like The Police and David Allen Coe and B.B. King and a bunch of really cool, famous acts from 78 to like 81 in there. And then it went back to a movie theater for the rest of the 80s until it opened in October 1st, 1989 as, you know, what we know as the George Theater. So it's been operating as a music venue since that day continuously. Pretty cool history. Well, I wanted to talk about something that happened a few months ago. Sadly, right now, all the listeners out there, if they want to visit the Georgia Theater to see a show, you can't see anything right now because of something that happened. So tell all the listeners about what happened. All right. I bought the theater in October of 2004, and it was in pretty rough shape when I bought it. It had been really abused for years and years. And the owners, there was these two guys that owned it before me, and they were stepbrothers. They didn't get along very well. They had kind of quit working on the place for years and years, and it was in pretty bad shape. 
So I bought it and I really started fixing it. It needed to be fixed. So I put a lot of money into it for five years. It was funny. This summer I was commenting on how, wow, you know, this place is finally clean and it works and everything works right. There's nothing more to fix. This is great. Now I can actually start, you know, not being embarrassed to get people in here. Your feet don't stick to the floor and the bathroom's all flush and, you know, the air conditioners kind of work and the, we had that huge fan in the roof and everything was working really good. And then on June 19th at about 645 in the morning, I got a call from the Athens Clark County Fire Department and they said, Mr. Green? I said, yes. And they said, the George Theater is on fire. It was a brutal call. So I jumped in my car and drove down there at like 90 miles an hour. And so I only live like a mile and a half away. So, and when I got there, sure enough, it was just completely engulfed in flames. So we lost everything. I mean, every, everything we'd done, it's gone. It was the weirdest day of my life. That's for sure. I didn't know what to do. I just sat there and cried for like 10 hours. But luckily the walls are these, you know, huge, thick old bricks. So basically the whole George theater was like a chimney. So everything on the inside is completely gone, but the outside is fine. You know, the exterior walls are fine. So now we're faced with this. It's a catch 22 that it's great that the exterior is in as good a shape as it is, because when we rebuild, it will look the same from the outside. You'll drive up and say, Oh, there's the George theater. Looks like it always did. But when you walk in, it'll be you know, all completely new and on the inside. The question is how, you know, how can you build, rebuild this venue to feel the same when you go in and feel historic, but we have to meet all modern building codes. You know, it was up to 1930s building codes. We got to put an elevator. We got to put four times as many bathrooms. We got to put these huge steel staircases that are fire rated and sprinklers. And there's going to be very little wood in there because, you know, wood burns. I figured, yeah. I figured that one out. But yeah. That's what we're faced with, and it's it's a pretty serious challenge right now. But thanks to Zach Brown, you know, and, and other people like that are coming coming forward and helping us to raise some money to, to get it rebuilt so we can get it back the way the way it needs to be. Well, as you just said, the Georgia Theater shall rise again. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about Zach Brown, how you met him, and about October 30th and how all the listeners can be a part of resurrecting what is a very important part of our musical history as the state of Georgia and the South. Okay, absolutely. So the day that the theater was burning, I got a call from Zach Brown. He called me, you know, an hour or two into the flames. There's going to be a benefit on October 30th at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. The Zach Brown Band is, and other artists are behind this, and it's to resurrect the Georgia Theater. It's a very important part of our musical heritage. So tell us about how you met Zach Brown and about that event, October 30th, which is coming up. While the theater was burning, I got a call from Zach, and he was very adamant about, you know, we're going to raise money, we're going to help you rebuild that thing. It's really cool that he is stepping up to the plate like that, because I've known Zach for a pretty long time. The first show he ever played at the theater was right after I bought the theater and I, you know, didn't know much about booking bands yet. So I had an open night and I booked my own band because it was a Wednesday night and I didn't have anything to go on. So I just booked my own band. I thought my friends could come out and it'd be fun. The open band I got was John Hopkins, his band called Brighter Shade. But John was also playing bass in this group I'd never heard of called the Zach Brown Band. He said, hey, can we get Zach Brown Band to open up so we can have three bands on the bill. I thought I was being really nice letting this guy named Zach Brown that I'd never heard of 
open the show for my band. <laughs> so, of course, way more people came to see Zach than anything else. And it blew me away. The show was incredible. And that was the first time Zach played. And, and that was the first night I met him. And at the time, he still Zach still owned his restaurant down on Lake Oconee called Zach's Place. I started going down there all the time. And Zach would cook in the kitchen. You'd go down there and order food. And Zach would cook. And then after everybody had eaten, Zach would get on stage and play. So I started doing that. started going there and seeing those shows. And then Zach started, you know, I started booking Zach at the theater on a regular basis. You know, every time he came, he'd have twice as many people. It didn't take long for him to start selling the place out. So we became really good friends and, you know, hanging out every time he came to Athens. And him and his band would come back over to my house after the shows. We'd all late night and drink Jägermeister and have a good time. We had this weird synergy, like every time Zach played at the theater, something big would happen in his life. Like his baby, his first child was born the night he was playing at the theater. He had to, as soon as the show was over, he had to leave and go and the baby was born. And then he also played at the theater the day that Chicken Fried hit number one. So his first number one hit, hit number one the day he was playing at the theater. And uh, there was all this neat stuff happening like that. Zach really honestly wants wants to help and wants to see the place built back and I think that's so amazing of him you know because and it's good timing for the theater because somebody that loves the theater as much as he does is huge right now you know his career is just blowing up and we all knew it would I mean the first time I met Zach I knew he was going to be a huge star it was just obvious um, now is the time for him to be able to help us and Sure enough, he he wants to, which is, you know, he didn't get big and forget his roots. He got big and is, you know, donating to help keep his roots alive. It's just pretty awesome. So the show is going to be October 30th at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, which is also this cool synergy because it had a huge fire. There was a huge fire at the Fox Theater 20 or 30 years ago or something like that. And they had to rebuild. And, and it's Zach's first time headlining at the Fox. And so it's like a big homecoming show for him and. Just, you know, real neat night. I'm really looking forward to it. And I have to, I have to watch my words carefully here, but Zach's going to have a whole bunch of special guests at this show and a bunch of people who I'm not allowed to technically say, but a lot of really famous people, a lot of his friends are coming to help sing and help him sing and help us, you know, raise money to rebuild the theater. I thought, you know, tickets to the show are a hundred dollars. And that was, that was Zach's idea. He was like, if somebody wants to come see the show, they're going to have to pay a hundred bucks. And a lot of people were like, a hundred dollars, man. I can't pay her a hundred dollars, but I can't tell you who all is going to be there. But I'll just tell you that when you leave, you'll be like, that was totally worth a hundred dollars. I have just two more questions. Okay. This is going to sound kind of like an unusual question, but I think it's not unusual at all. There are some great places to eat in this town. What is your favorite place to eat here, and what do you get? I'm a sucker for soul food. I like fried food and, and home-style vegetables. There's a little restaurant downtown called Wilson's Soul Food Incorporated. It's on Hull Street. It's right down from the George Theater. I've eaten at Wilson's Soul Food at least twice a week for 20 years. I've been going there since I can remember. Maybe, I don't, I'm not sure if it was there right when I got to town, but I've been going there for a long time. And Miss Wilson's back there, you know, she's... Back there, shucking corn when you walk in the door, stringing peas, and it's re it's really cool. It's real food, and I think she makes the best fried pork chops you'll ever taste. So I usually get fried pork chops, collard greens, and black eyed peas. That's that's and and she always wants to give me cornbread, but I want the biscuit. She always cornbread. I say no, Miss Wilson. I want a biscuit. I've been coming here for twenty years. I want the biscuit. So that's what I get. I get pork chop, collard greens, 
and black eyed peas with a biscuit. Sweet right. tea. It's my favorite meal. Well, now I know where I'm going. But uh, my last question, we have listeners from all over the world. For everybody out there in the South, I'd like to encourage you again, October 30th, the Fox Theater. But my last question to you, what are your parting words for our listeners? I would say you need to come to Athens, Georgia. It's a pretty special place. There's a lot of beautiful people here, and there's a lot of fun to be had here. If you like music at all, this is a great destination to come to. And you can come here anytime. You can come on a Monday night. Not Sundays because we're in Georgia, but any day except for Sunday, <laughs> you can come here and see great music, and you owe it to yourself to come to Athens and check out what it's all about. It is the epicenter of coolness in the southeast, if you ask me. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Wilmot Green, thank you so much. Thank you. I had a good time. We thank you and appreciate you dropping in for the Paul Leslie Hour today. You know, you can help the Paul Leslie Hour in our mission to provide independent media content like this by visiting www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. We truly thank you. This is your announcer speaking. Performance of the Entertainer intro song and Corina Corina outro song courtesy of John Primerano. Well, that's it for today. So until next time, be safe and be good. <laughs>